Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges in the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ talk with Eduardo Amaral, Growth Marketing Analyst at Brooklinen. He spells out his role with the company and how starting his own business at the age of 17 helped him to get there. He also explains what an internship at Disney World taught him about empathy. AJ is wearing Batman pajamas and Vincent's wearing a pink sweater. Give it a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Marketing Stir. I am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the VP of B2B Products at Starista. I'm happy today. Those of you who will be watching us on camera, I have a pink sweater on and a white collar. I'm happy. You have to be happy to wear this. So I am, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a good day. Again, welcome to The Marketing Stir, brought to you by Starista. Who? Starista? What? You know who we are. Starista, identity marketing company. We have our own business-to-business and business-to-consumer databases. From those databases, we do marketing for companies, email marketing, direct mail, omni-channel. We have our own DSP. Give me a call or email me. That's probably better. I shouldn't give my phone number on this, but email me. Vincent at Starista.com. That is how confident I am that we can help you. Also, this next guy, speaking of confidence, my co-host, you know him, ladies and gentlemen, my CEO here at Starista, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Believe it or not, it's 45 degrees in San Antonio today. That is insane. It's like Armageddon there right now. I actually had to uh, bring out my Batman PJs. It's a flannel Batman PJ. <laughs> now, are uh, those for your son or those are actually yours? Uh, they're, they're like a matching pair that my son and I have. So. Oh, okay. All right. See, that, that saved it there. If you just had them yourself and there was no uh, son involved or daughter, I would say that's a little <laughs> weird, but you, you saved it. You saved it there. Uh, you're not wearing those on the podcast. I hope uh, I, I actually am. You're wearing them underneath. See, this is what Zoom calls and this is what podcasts are. You can wear a nice shirt on top. I actually have on regular pants. Um, They have Spider-Man inseam. I'm kidding. That would be weird. But that is awesome. Be comfortable. You are the CEO of this company. You have a lot of work to do each day. I, you know, commend you for that. So there's no no point being cold, you know. No, there's no point being cold. And that's why you live in San Antonio, because it's like 103 degrees in December. Today is a weird day. It's a weird day. It's a weird day. I I get it. I get it. But what's not weird? is our next guest. That's, that's, a, that's a weird transition into this. I don't know. That's, that's, that's a, what's a, a weird one. transition. You know what I love? We're not sure, but we think. We're not sure, right? We'll, we'll explore it even more. This is a first, at least for me, on the podcast. AJ, you've experienced this before, but this is the first guest and brand that we've had on that I'm an actual customer of before this we've talked to some amazing Mm -hmm. brands and oh wow that's some cool product that we've now become right customers of theirs like goriana jewelry you were also you experienced this because you were already a customer of the farmer's dog for uh one of your little dog there so i am a customer a proud customer of this next company 
Brooke Lennon. Have you heard of him? You certainly have heard of him. You know, if you live in New York City, you see these cool ads on the subway, you know him. So I, I actually own quite a bit of sheets from Brooklinen. They're stylish, they're comfortable, I love them. And we're gonna love this next guest. Ladies and gentlemen, he's normally based in New York. He's calling in from Chicago. He is the growth marketing analyst at Brooklinen. Ladies and gentlemen, Eduardo Amaral. What's going on, Eduardo? Hey, Vincent. Hey, Jay. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. And it's a, I know that intro is a little crazy. It's like, you know, yeah, who knows? Let's get weird together on this podcast. That's what we do. <laughs> Let's get weird on the marketing stir. As weird as you could get talking about marketing. But thank you so much, Eduardo, for joining us. Uh, you and I had the opportunity to speak. Uh, wow, it seems like a couple months ago already. Yeah. Right? Oh, and yeah. It's been a while. It has been a while. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, I was excited, extra excited about this podcast because I could legitimately talk about the brand and I could legitimately talk about uh, as a user. That, that hasn't happened yet, like I said. But for those of you out there, those are the people watching and listening. Tell them, Eduardo, about Brooklinen. Yeah, absolutely. So Brooklinen started in 2014. And the goal was to sell sheets at an affordable price, luxury sheets at an affordable price, because sheets at the time were extremely, you know, expensive and um, not very accessible for the general population. So if you wanted to buy really good sheets, you'd have to really spend a lot of money. And the idea was to go direct to consumer and um, just cut out the middleman and be able to sell great quality home goods uh, at an affordable price. Yeah, and they are. I own uh, two pairs of sheets, couple pillowcases, comfortable right to your door. Customer service also very good. I'm not just saying that. Also, talk to us within your role, growth marketing analyst. Like we, we've been hearing growth marketing a lot. Uh, four years ago, AJ, I didn't hear this title. I don't know if, if you have, but we've been hearing it a lot with some people on our podcast. So talk to us about what you do within Brooklyn and yeah so growth marketing basically means you're prospecting you're acquiring new customers so that's uh, my goal at brooklyn and my the channel that i focus the most on the, i mean channels because i focus mostly on social media marketing so facebook instagram snapchat that kind of stuff so my goal, goal main goal at brooklyn is to scale uh, social media marketing and acquire new customers through those channels and yeah, that's basically at, at, a, at a cost that we can't afford. <laughs> I like Eduardo, what does, you know, what does the growth team look like at your company? How, how many people are, are there or is it just you? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the, the growth team actually has grown a lot over the past few years. Um, definitely not just me. I think now we're at about close to 15 people, I would say. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a pretty pretty big team. Uh, when I joined the growth team, I think I was the fourth person on the growth team uh, besides the VP. Um, so yeah, so it's a it's a pretty big team now. So we have uh, you know uh, people that take care of uh, the you know podcast, radio, then TV, and then it really depends Google. So it really depends on on the channels. Yeah, gotcha. And tell us a little bit more about 
uh, your background before you started the company. And my producers noted you started your own startup at the age of 17. So I would love to learn about that as well. Yeah. So I, I went, I studied business for my undergrad. And um, at the time, you know, it was my first year in, in college. And I was very fascinated by the idea of entrepreneurship, um, mostly because of innovation. And I thought, you know, breaking the status quo. And I was a huge Steve Jobs fan. And I was like, okay, like, I, if they can do it, I think I can do it too. <laughs> and, but the way that I started, um, I think this is a lesson of what not to do. I had an idea with a friend of mine, which was to build, you know, like a social network for recommending products. So let's say if I recommended a product to a friend and that person bought it, then I would get a discount from that store. Uh, the problem is we started by building the whole platform. We did not focus on having like a minimum viable product or anything like that. And um, we ended up building something that we could not get traction for later. And I think after that experience, I made my life's mission to understand how to growth market. And here I am now. Yeah. That, that's awesome. And then, so tell us about it. You, you grew up in, you're from Brazil, right? And you, st you, you started your education there and then you uh, came to the U.S. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I was born and raised in Brazil. Um, this is now the third time I live in the U.S., but I mean, most of my life I spent in Brazil. And I came here in, last time in 2017 for grad school. Uh, I, I'm in grad school now. I'm finishing my master's in, uh, in media management, so nice. very related to what I do for work. And I, yeah, and, and then, I mean, long story short, I ended up getting a job here and getting a work license through school and everything just started moving really well. So, um, yeah, feeling really happy and grateful to, to have this opportunity to work at a company like Brooklyn. That's cool. Now, now, Eduardo, did you start looking for jobs while you were getting your master's to kind of line it up afterwards? Because there's not many people who have full-time jobs, especially in the field that they're studying while taking their master's. So what was kind of the, how did the, how did you get to Brooklyn? It was a lot through connections. Uh, I, I knew, uh, so yeah, I mean, I can just, I can just say it. So my, my ex-girlfriend's dad was, uh, would, had an, uh, a marketing agency. I mean, has a marketing agency and he used to work with Brooklyn and, and um, he was able to, I mean, he just referred me to Brooklyn and, and of course I went through the whole interview process and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I, yeah, I started working there, but it was, yeah, it, it was kind of, uh, kind of lucky, I would say especially in New York, because New York is like so competitive. And for you to hear about those good opportunities, you really have to. Um, yeah, I, th I think it really goes, it really is through connections most of the time, um, in order for you to, yeah, get those opportunities. And Eduardo, what were the channels that you mentioned you specialize in in particular at the company? Yeah, I would say mostly Facebook and Instagram. Gotcha. Yeah. And can you share some of the uh, strategies that uh, you're utilizing that might be unique? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that 
there are many different things that you can do on those channels to grow. There are many different ways to slice Facebook ads and Instagram ads. But I can say that testing creative is a huge thing for face for social media ads. So that's the way they really capture uh, different customer segments. Some people are going to be attracted to more one sort of messaging. Some people are going to be attracted to a different sort of messaging. Some people sleep hot at night. Some people people sleep cold at night. So if you, if I believe that diversifying the messaging mix has been a huge, um, uh, a huge thing for us. Um, also on top of like testing audiences, um, tapping into, you know, influencer marketing and, and that kind of stuff has also been extremely helpful. So I think it's at the end of the day, it's really the combination of several different tactics that really help scale. Gotcha. As, as a, as a data guy, I wanted to dive a little bit more into, you know, the audience segments you're using. Are, are the, what's kind of your ideal audience targeting? Yeah, so for a company like Brooklyn, um, since we're trying to leverage as much scale as we can, we want to have broader audiences um, in order, you know, with millions of people in order to really be able to be able to scale effectively. Um, so on Facebook, there's different ways to target consumers and uh, Facebook and Instagram. So I would say in terms of when it comes to audiences, we do a lot of lookalike audiences. Uh, we do a lot of, we do interest audiences and we also have broad audiences. Broad means no, tar no specific targeting at all. Interest, you can like select different interests that Facebook uh, allows you to select. And lookalikes is basically Facebook will find people that look like a seed list that you have within the platform. So, and it will expand the seed list for you to capture even more people. So it's really a blend of, of different, different tactics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that, those are the tactics that just you're using, right? I, you know, Brooklyn and talk to me about, I want to back up a little bit and say, where's the name come from? Is it because it's based in Brooklyn and it's there it started out with linens. Tell me about the name. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't think I would be able to tell you, um, rich, the CEO, he would probably be able to explain better than I do just because, you know, linen, we sell linen. So I don't think there's like a big story behind the name. It's, just, it's, it's founded in Brooklyn and it's linens, but it, it flows. It's like uh, Brooklyn and I like it. Yeah. Exactly. So did they start, uh, did, did they really start kind of in New York? I felt like it was local because I discovered Brooklyn and sitting on the subway as, as you've done uh, hundreds of times, thousands of times, right? I've seen subway ads for Brooklyn and, and that's what kind of, it works, right? And, and that's what made me we were looking for new sheets and we didn't want to go to the store. We have small children. I was like, I got to go to the store for sheets and they're going to be expensive. And we, we ordered them based on that. So is, my question is there are two parts, right? One is, did it start in New York first, as far as the marketing? And then what are some other channels on top of social that you're using? Are you doing OTT connected TV email as far as the whole marketing approach? Yeah, no, absolutely. So yes, the company started in New York. Um, and I'm pretty sure, I think started in Brooklyn. I, I'm not 100% sure, but it definitely started in New York. 
And yeah, like you mentioned, you brought up Subway. So that's like one of the channels that made Brooklyn extremely successful, especially mm -hmm. in New York, because it drove so much word of mouth for the company. So more, uh, some more top of funnel channel that, that really worked for us. So we, we do Subway, we do, um, you know, like I said, social media, we do uh, Google ads, we do Google display from a growth, from a prospecting uh, perspective, right? And we also, when it comes to, um, from a retention perspective, so just just also wanna say that, so Brooklyn has a growth team and it has a retention team. So the retention team, the main goal is to keep, uh, keep providing current customers with, with value. So just showing different products to them. So when it comes to the retention team, channels like email, SMS, those are extremely important in order to keep in touch with customers. So it's really, it's really a mix of, of growth and retention that really make up the, the growth of the company. Yeah. Eduardo, you did quite a few internships before you started full-time. So. Tell us a little bit more about what that experience was like and if that's something you recommend to college students. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, uh, I know this sounds a little kind of uh, doesn't, maybe it doesn't really make sense, but to me it does. Like when I, <clears throat> I actually worked in sales before and um, I actually had an internship very, when I was, 18 and I worked at Disney World for six months for, and I was, a, I was like selling stuff at a store and, and I, that made me really try to understand what people wanted, like made me be much more empathetic towards consumers and understand like the different questions that they may have and all that stuff. So I feel like to me, the background that I had in sales um, really helped out when it comes to marketing. It really helps you think on the other, you know, side of the coin. Because nowadays, when you think about growth, it's all about numbers all the time, right? Like the, your, you know, CACs, your ROAS, and all of this stuff. And and I feel like so many times people forget that there's a, you know, that there's a person on the other side. So I think I've always had this very strong you know, sales side, which is like, okay, I'm talking to a person, like, how can I make our ads actually interesting? Would I actually care about seeing this? So I think that really helped me out. Yeah. Great. And then what's been kind of a highlight of your uh, work career so far? That's something you've been really proud of. Yeah, honestly, I think it's the scale that we're able to uh, drive uh, for social media channels of the company, we really were able to scale it dramatically this year. Uh, it's been very rewarding. I really think it's not, you know, like a major growth hack. I think it's really the incremental small uh, tweaks and optimizations that you do over time that really add up uh, at the end of the day. So um, I'll say just overall scale. And Eduardo, what would you say has changed in your role in the last six months, uh, eight months during this pandemic? Uh, have you had to shift focus and a bigger emphasis on something else? Talk to me about that. Yeah, definitely. So I think I kept a very much more, 
like of a closer eye to to macro environmental metrics so like let's say the cost to advertise on facebook that really oscillates based on competition so once the economy you know starts warming up again the cost will probably go up too so that kind of stuff i, I really kept a close eye on um also just conversion rates for different products you know, loungewear uh, that we, we were talking about before it's you know the clothing line by Brooklinen uh, that we really pushed that on social media channels during the pandemic way more than we've ever done because people were looking for comfortable clothes to stay at home so really keeping an eye on scale for different products and making sure that we did the right optimizations to be able to scale um, so I think that has been a, that was a major thing. And also like when it comes to on the, on the creative portion of things on Facebook and Instagram, I think we, we tweaked our message or our messaging a little bit with more like stay at home messaging. Um, also making sure we're addressing some concerns that were not there before. Like let's say, uh, shipping time, the fact that we have great customer service. So actually acknowledging that on our ads was something that, um, helped resonate with consumers. Yeah. And that was kind of going to be one of, one of my follow-up questions is been, and, and we've talked to many different companies on the podcast so far. Some have their business has been hurt during this time. Some the business by providing high quality products or services or, or vital products and services during this time have helped increase, you know, what has Brooklinen been like? If, if, I would imagine, now this is my, you know, my take on it. You know, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm home, everyone's home, and I'm constantly reassessing. I'm like, oh, wait, I need, I think I need new sheets. I think I need a new sofa. You're, you're at home more and you want to make it the most comfortable. Has that been the same for Brooklinen, where have you kind of seen an increase in yeah. some of the products and services that you're selling? That's, yeah, that's spot on. Yes, because since exactly since we're we are in the home goods space and people are just staying more at home, people our products just naturally resonate with many more consumers. Also, people that were not shopping online before, people that would just go to brick and mortar stores now are you know ended up going into the e-commerce market and started shopping. So not only our products resonate, the customer pool became bigger. So we, that helped us scale um, and absolutely. So from an external market perspective, the conversion rate definitely increased and we were able to effectively market to those consumers, um, especially like sheets, our, our loungewear products that were, I was talking about I was talking about before. So Eduardo, what's kind of, uh, what's exciting? Any uh, big company news that uh, is gonna be coming out in the next few months? company news that it's going to be coming out in the next few months. I think uh, the biggest company news for me would be to go back to the office next year. <laughs> I mean, the company now is going to a, uh, we just got a, we got a new office in Dumbo. So I'm very excited about that. We'll be going back to the office probably around, I don't know, mid year next year. I don't know when this whole thing will be over, but fingers crossed. And how have you been kind of holding up uh, during the pandemic personally? Did you take up any new hobbies? Uh, 
no new hobbies for me. I think I decided to, now I decided to travel a little bit. So yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm in Chicago right now. So I, I live in New York City, but I was kind of, I was kind of tired of New York. And I was like, let me explore a different city. And I mean, this Chicago is great. I mean, I don't know if you have been there, but mm -hmm. been here, but it's, it's a great city. Yeah. I had my, uh, I had my bachelor party in Chicago about seven years ago. It's, it's nice. Like the architecture is really nice. There's great food. Yeah. We haven't, you know, that's also a first, we haven't met too many people who are kind of traveling right now uh, on the podcast. It's, you know, our, our flights cheap, our flights, uh, you know, our hotels even open. It's, it's, uh, I hope hotels are open because my in-laws are coming in this weekend to help us move. So I hope they're open and not staying with us, but uh, what's the travel experience been like? It's been good, honestly. I mean, uh, it's been good. I mean, people here, of course, being extremely careful with, with the whole COVID thing, but it's honestly, yeah, I thought it was, it, we could have like some hiccups, but not so far. I mean, it's actually been super smooth. Uh, maybe we're, we've been lucky. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's been cool. And I also wanted to point out to the audience that Dumbo is down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. For those of you who don't know the New York City lingo like Eduardo and myself, just, uh, you know, just in case. But also, Eduardo, you know, hobbies here. I think you've been doing some hobbies. You're into music. Uh, you know, come on. We have a crack. We have a crack uh, producer team here. You, you're a musician. You're into your own uh, electronic dance music, which at 42, I don't know much about, but talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm very into music. I've always been into music. I picked up the guitar when I was eight, and I I grew up listening. Even though I was born and raised in Brazil, I grew up listening to a lot of blues music and, and you know, and classic rock. And I uh, then later on in life, I got into producing and got into actually producing more like. Uh, I would say like underground electronic music. <laughs> Not a See, lot I told of you we'll get weird, ladies and gentlemen. I know. We're, uh, that's it. But yeah, I mean, I love that stuff. I think music helps you think creatively. Yeah. And uh, from a marketing perspective, I think, um, you know, there, there's a correlation between strong branding and true art. I think both have to be authentic. And I think there's a level of authenticity in music that, most brands should also leverage um you know authenticity and branding is also extremely important you just buy from brands that you trust and so i think there's a, a cor correlation between marketing and, and art in general yeah are there brands or advertising uh, that you admire or appreciate or that you grew up and think wow this 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 company really has a great branding I'd say Apple. I mean, it sounds very straightforward, but I love the way that Apple markets their products. It's really from uh, a, a why they do what they do perspective instead of just features of the products. So they talk a lot about, you know, we believe in breaking the, you know, the, the status quo. We believe in challenging the status quo. We believe in beautiful, beautifully designed products. And I think, you know, we believe in making something easy to use. And I love that approach. I think it really taps into the emotional side of people. And 
um, yeah, I think that's their brand is so, so strong. Do you have a marketing pet peeve, something people do or send to you and it really drives you crazy? Uh, <laughs> I don't think I have a, a big pet peeve. Um, I don't have many, many pet peeves in life, I think. In general, but that's good. You're young. It'll happen. Don't worry. <laughs> Let's talk maybe in ten years, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I have a, a big pet peeve. Um, just um, yeah, I mean, I just believe in. Uh, I, I'm, I'm maybe with the way things look. I really like when things are just look nice, um, and you know, especially with ads or with anything like that. Um, yeah, so I think just have beautiful branding is super important. So if you, if you, if things don't look that great, no wonder why someone's maybe not buying from you. Especially to nowadays, everything is just so competitive. If things are kind of, uh, then <laughs> probably not do that well. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you know now brands really have to set themselves apart. I, I'd like. I'm a big fan of like personalization, right? Knowing a little bit about me, getting my name right in, in, an, in an email, just customer service is huge for me. I just decided to go with another moving company because I asked a question about the estimate and the guy said, yeah, sure. We could jump on the call, but it's all there. I'm like, oh, okay. Those three words just lost you the deal. I'm a real big advocate for customer service. I was in customer service. So that always matters to me. Like little things like those three words. My wife is like, you're crazy. I'm like, it's the principle, Lauren. It is the principle. Uh, I'm going to pay an extra hundred dollars because that person almost like it was a chore to help me. And I so understand. Did you uh, did you call him or you decided not to? No, I didn't even spoke. I I didn't call him because I I had an email and I said, hey, Lewis, uh, his name is Lewis. I won't give his last name. Who cares? No one knows anyway. But hey, Lewis, just I would love to go over this quote that you said. It's like a three part quote. He said, yeah, sure, but everything's there. Okay, but you don't have my business now, and I'm going to this other one where Michael was really nice, and I went with him. So. Yeah, I know. I'm no, getting I, off topic. I think it's the uh, it's the uh, Gen X in you because a millennial would prefer not to talk to somebody. And, right. I know. I'd and Gen Zs don't <laughs> even have the option of talking to anybody. So yeah, I think we have th we have a few generations here. I'm yeah, being yeah. the the old fart in the uh, in the room at at 42. But yeah, it's little things like that. So. Eduardo, my, my question is, though, so on LinkedIn, this is a question we have. Now, in life, you don't have any pet peeves, but maybe on LinkedIn, you do. We <laughs> often find, see, well, now we're getting somewhere here. <laughs> LinkedIn is, this is a signature question of the marketing stir here. When someone reaches out to you, mm -hmm. right, what is a message that gets your attention? What's a message that you just hate? Yeah, it's a good question. I think and some people just send like long texts and I think it, that that usually doesn't work with me if it's, it's too long and it's I can see that or maybe it's just not personalized and just doesn't show interest. It's more like, hey, this is what I want from you. And I really don't care who you are, but you can give me something sort of message. Yeah, um, then usually usually it doesn't work. Um, so 
that that would be yeah that would be my pet peeve see there you go i, I knew we could dig uh, dig one out this is also a therapeutic show we get people's pet peeves out on the marketing stir here but eduardo the you know growth marketing analyst now you know you're getting your masters what do you where do you see yourself in marketing at brooklyn and you know what's the goal eventually with with what you're studying now you'd like the, you like the numbers, you had a set, you did sales at one point. Where do you see yourself as far as learning and growing in your career at Brooklyn? Yeah, for sure. So I definitely want to keep scaling the channels that I'm scaling now because those channels are extremely important for the growth of the company. And I also want to just continue to have a very top, more of a top level view on the overall business because everything that I the more I spend, right, it doesn't impact overall metrics, you know, top level metrics. And I think just being super aware of what's going on, not only within my channels, but also with the overall business. So that's something that um, I, I'll continue, I want to continue to have an impact on and just continue to scale that as much as I can. Now, if you were to interview somebody for a growth marketing role, you know, what are some of the qualities that you would look for having been in this role for a little bit now? You have to be extremely detail-oriented, like, like very detail-oriented uh, because it's really about the little tweaks and optimizations. And, and you really have to, um, you have to care about the, the, the end consumer as well. I know it sounds, maybe it sounds cliche, but it's true. Like you, you want to make sure that you're delivering something of value. Something that I always think about when I put out ads is I'm kind of intruding someone's personal space on their feed, right? <laughs> on their Facebook feed. And I want to make sure that I don't want to be one of those annoying ads. You know, I want to make sure that, hey, hopefully I can give you something of value. So um, I think coming from that perspective makes my job much more rewarding. So, yeah. But detail-oriented, it's a huge, it's a very important thing, for sure. And are, are there kind of, besides kind of Facebook media buying platform, are there certain tools for marketing that you're using in order to keep tab of things? Or is it something simple like an Excel? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. So... Um, there are different tools that, that we use, but in, in order to keep track of things, we have, yeah, we use like Google Sheets, which is basically Excel. And we also, uh, we use a platform to manage Facebook ads. So we don't use Ads Manager. Gotcha. We use a platform called Smartly. Um, and that's just a better way to see trends and, um, yeah, and, basically keep track of overall performance. So I think, yeah, so Smartly would be the major one from a social media marketing perspective. Also, we use like Google Analytics and Shopify and all of that, so. Gotcha. And as far as, you know, you are tasked with Eduardo is, has it been an increase in a lot of the marketing and sales that you're going to be doing? And let's not say sales, but let's say marketing, right? Has there been an increase in 2021 as far as initiatives and getting your 
I mean, of course, it's always the, the goal to grow. But as far as because people, like you said, are still at home, you're, you're putting out lines like loungewear. I saw cool beach towels is is the goal just like, hey, people are really starting to discover us and learn our product. Is it to kind of crank up the marketing efforts for 2021? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say that the goal is definitely to keep scaling as much as we can. Um, digital channels, they're super important to us, like I said. So Facebook is a huge channel for the company. Uh, Google is a huge channel for the company, like it is for most e-commerce companies, right? So the goal is to keep scaling those channels and keep testing new channels. I think that's, a, that's an important thing too. So that's uh, something that I want to tap into more, uh, like from the social media marketing perspective, like Snapchat is something that I want to get back to. We tested Snapchat. Um, I, I managed Snapchat for a little bit, but we kind of stopped it and want to go back to it, maybe test TikTok. Uh, so there's some promising platforms that can help add scale to the whole mix. So the goal for 2020, 21, yeah, 2021 is to continue to test different channels like we've always done and continue to just scale the current channels that we, that we operate nice. on. And just uh, two more from me and, and then we'll, we'll wrap up here just to uh, get you out of here. We appreciate you, you spending some time with us today and, and, and spending time talking about a brand, again, that I very much care about and, and am loyal to. Uh, Eduardo, we like asking questions like this to our guests. Are there any books, TV shows that you've read, uh, that you've either read and watched that are a just enjoyable or, or helpful in your career that you can mention to people yeah so i think the lean startup is a very important book for anyone to read uh anyone that's in business that wants to that works at a startup or uh, um, that wants to create their own business so that's the book that i read right after my business failed when i was 17. Um, and I literally took notes on that book. And I, it's, so yeah, it's, it's called The Lean Startup. The author, I believe his name is Eric. I don't want to say his last name wrong. I think it's, it's Reese, Rice, something like that. Anyways, but he, it's an incredible book. It really shows you how to think about um, testing things quickly and not, you know, and just moving quickly on, at, a, at a startup when you're creating your own business and, um, also you have more of an, of an understanding of how important it is to have actionable insights, right. For everything that you do before you ask yourself any question or anything that you want to know, anything that you want to do, what are you going to do with that information? Right. Like, what are you going to test? How, yeah. And how, how quickly you, you can do these things, um, learn from the consumers and iterate on that. So, yeah, I love it. The lean startup. Great. And then a final thought, closing thought, quote, words to live by from you. Uh, yeah, there's a quote there is, uh, by this advertiser from the 60s. Um, I like reading about advertising, like old school stuff, um, like from William Burnbatch to, you know, like Howard Gossage. And, and, and this, this guy, is, his name is Howard Gossage. He's an advertiser from the 60s. He's, uh, he's was known as the Socrates of San Francisco and, and, and being interesting sounds so simple, but it's so 
not simple. And if brands can be interesting, right, have interesting branding and really resonate with consumers from a rational and emotional standpoint, I think that then they have a shot. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I, I love it. That's a, a great thought. I like talking to you, Eduardo, because you, you, you're obviously a young guy, but you're an old soul, man. I feel like uh, uh, that old soul vibe. You're, you know, not many people your age reading, uh, you know, studying up about advertising in the 60s. I love it. I love what Brooklinen is doing. Check out Brooklinen at brooklinen.com. That is Eduardo Amaral. He is the growth marketing analyst there at Brooklinen. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate the time. Love the brand. I am Vincent Petrofessa. That's Eduardo. He's AJ. This has been The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.